All right, Aerosmith has taken the stage. Whoa, check out Steven Tyler's hat. Okay, L.A., crank it up, because we're getting ready to rock on this exclusive live broadcast. Gracious, what do you think we have you on the show for? Now, Wendell. You're supposed to pick. Now, Wendell, please. Eh, if you can't cut it, just lay out. Well, let's not fight now because we got work to do here. Well, let's do it. W, w Radio. Your information station. Hello and welcome to the WDW Radio Show, your Walt Disney World information station. I am your host, Lou Mangello, and this is show number 132 for the week of August 16th, 2009. Thank you for tuning in once again. There's no news this week as I'm traveling quite a bit and have to produce the show early, but instead I wanted to bring you a top 10 list that I've been looking forward to covering for quite some time. You know that Walt Disney World is all about story and detail, and some of the very best examples of both take place even before you enter an attraction. So this week, we're going to look at the top 10, and then some, cues in Walt Disney World. I'll play more of your voicemails at the end of the show, so sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of the WDW Radio Show. For our next Top 10 segment, we're going to cover one that many, many of you have written to me and suggested or asked me to cover. And I knew that this was one that I was always going to do, and I thought, actually, it was going to be one of the easiest lists to come up with, but I was mistaken. In fact, while I always talk about honorable mentions, with this list, just when I thought I I had my easy five you know exactly where I'm going with this. So anyway, as always, when it comes to top tens, you know that I'm often joined by my very good friend, the author of the Guide to the Magic series of books and partner in Celebrations Magazine, now available at celebrationspress.com. Let's all give a big Andy's Room welcome to Tiny Tim Foster. I was wondering what it was going to be this time. I, almost, I can honestly tell you, I've never heard Tiny Tim in my life. Uh-huh. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I had a couple other ones, but I wasn't sure. I actually have to make a list of all the ones that I've used, but I mean, I, I have millions of them. So. Okay. Now, we're not going to do a top 10 list of Tim's nicknames. No, not, not at least on this show. Um, because I, I'm going to tell you, and, and I know I, I, I say this with every list. I don't know why we bother calling these top 10s anymore. Um, 
Tim, and I, I had the same problem you did. I couldn't stop. So exactly, and I and I thought I, I rambled off five. I'm like, well, clearly, far and away, these are the top five. And I thought the list was locked up, and it wasn't. Um, and what we're talking about are the top ten cues of Walt Disney World, and. We, we don't actually exchange our list beforehand, but she said, Lou, you cover some of the big boy attractions that you, Tim, just are not comfortable you know, or, or fond of. Uh, and I said, oh, well, that's easy. You know, Now that I know I can meet these the height requirements and actually ride these rides, here's a couple golden. My list is simple. And then I started to actually think about the list. Now, when we get there, it wasn't because I wasn't fond of them. I'll explain the reason why <laughs> later, and it'll make a lot of sense to a lot of people as the reason becomes clear. I'm sure it's not going to make sense to anybody. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And I am unapologetic. I have no apologies from me going into this list about how long it's going to be. Because, Tim, I I think we probably all agree so many of the cues are really attractions unto themselves. That's what makes it such a magical place, isn't it? And, And, you know, we always talk about things to do and you hear people talking about things to do in the queue. You know, while you're waiting, like, I don't know, looking at your Walt Disney World trivia book or your guide to the magic book or your lost journal book. Read a magazine. (laughs) Read Celebrations magazine and, and, you know, play some of the games there. But for these cues, that doesn't hold true because you should be stopping and taking the time and looking around because there's so, so much good stuff in there. You're right. (laughs) I I know. I know. And that's why this list is going to be immeasurably long. Yeah, that is a lot of the fun in just looking at the at all the stuff around you. I dare say you could go through the queues and not go on the ride. That would be blasphemy, but I could say it. It would not be blasphemy. It would not because I know. Uh, oh, that's I should. This one should have been Tim Chicken Exit Foster, but we'll I'll save that one. Oh, for a few you know, and, and I will say a Chicken Exit possibility will come into play when we talk to the ones I had you take. Again, for reasons that will become clear as we move forward. I'm, I'm wondering how abundantly clear these are going to be. But, <laughs> and there is definitely going to be some overlap, which is fine. Uh, but that being said, I will uh, I will allow you, Chicken Exit Foster, to go first. Uh, see, that way you always get to go last and pull your 50 <laughs> other I see how this works. You know the method to my madness. Mm. Well, I was going to start my all-time favorite queue at Walt Disney World and the Magic Kingdom. Are you ready for this? Peter Pan's Flight. Oh. And I... Nice. Wait, that's the wrong list. Hold on a second. <laughs> <laughs> Kidding, of course. Now, I'm going to go... I'm, for my first one, I'm going over to Epcot. Wait a second. You're not... You're not... Uh, you're not dissing Peter Pan's Flight, are you? No. Just the... Uh, unreal, long, winding queue in the hot sun. But that's not what we're talking about here today. Ama- but isn't that amazing... Fate? The longevity that, of that ride, no matter what time of day or night, that ride is easy. 50, 60 minutes. Oh, I love it. Uh, extra magic hours. Everybody, you can walk on anything except, except Peter Pan's Pan. flight because that's going to be 45 minutes. Still. Love the, by the way, love the mural in the queue and the load area music. Best. Anyway, move on. Anyway, <laughs> that wasn't really number one on my list. My, my first one is going to be uh, we're going to go over to Epcot. And this is kind of an overlooked one for a variety of reasons. And this is uh, Journey into Imagination with Figment. And I will say, I am with pretty much everybody out there. I love the first incarnation of the attraction. I miss Dreamfinder. I miss the White Room. I miss everything about it. 
I have grown fond of the new version, though. Um, I know there was that middle version in there that we're all kind of squirrely about, but um, I am liking the new one, and, and I do note that it's pretty much always a walk-on, and which I think is a shame because it, it might have a, a kind of a, a bad reputation for what went on, but, but it is actually a pretty cool ride. And because it's a walk-on, the other thing that's overlooked is the queue area, and I must admit I've overlooked a lot of things in there. Uh, because when you walk in, you can pretty much walk right up to the front and you bypass all, this, all of the things that are in there. But if you do go into Journey into Imagination, even if there is no line ahead of you, take your time and walk through the queue and look at all the things in there. It is filled with all kinds of little details and tributes to things. Um, uh, for instance, as you walk in to your left, this is a, especially an area that nobody rarely sees. That's the area where the queue would extend if it were obscenely long, which it never is. So that area is pretty much always roped off. But if you look over there, there is a display with uh, the Professor Wayne Zelitsky's video camera helmet, uh, which is kind of cool. Uh, and, and look for other things. You'll see uh, Weibo, the personal assistant robot from Flubber. Um, look at the reception desk, which is cool. I so want that furniture in my basement. I think it rocks. I love the, the purple <laughs> phone. I love everything about it. I've tried to emulate that a couple times very badly. <laughs> but um, I, I look as you go up, you'll see the uh, doors to the offices, uh, like uh, Nigel Channing's door. I love his title, Chairman, Principal Scientist, Director of Operations, Head of Laboratories, and Manager of Everything Else. Just kind of what I feel like around here sometimes, <laughs> and uh, and just the shelves and shelves of gizmos and gadgets that are that are on the right hand side. And well, the one thing that is on the left, and I must admit, this is something I overlooked over and over again as I would race through and get on the ride. And I just noticed it not too long ago was the um, window that goes into the shrinking 3D optical illusion room, which shrinks to a little tiny door. Um, Take the time to look at it and look at all the other details as you pass by. And you'll see there's a lot of fun things that you can see before you get into the ride. This was not on my list. I uh, like the fact that it's on your list. However, one thing you forgot to mention, and I think it, it sort of goes for all these cues, is listen. Stand yes. in the queue by the reception desk and listen because you'll hear some sometimes faint overhead announcements um, mm -hmm. that are actually very, very funny. And I'm not going to spoil it for you, although I may have actually played one on the last, uh, on a couple of shows ago during the introductory uh, radio tunes. But yeah, definitely stop and look and listen, and I agree. Uh, good job pulling Journey into Imagination out for, for number one. And that's me giving Journey into Imagination some love. Go over, check it out. Don't rush right over to Honey, I Shrunk the Audience. <laughs> Do you yeah. think people are rushing to Honey, I Shrunk the Audience? <laughs> well, there are people <laughs> heading over there, and they're, they're definitely turning left. They're not turning right, so... But go and have some fun. It, it, it is a, it is not as, I think not as good as the original. I think we'll all agree. But I think it's it's well worth the visit. Check it out, and take your time. Enjoy the queue. Love it. Like it. Kind of like it. Anyway, I'm going to um, I'm going to go five. with a uh, and this, and these and these were in no particular order because I tried to order them and, and I spent hours and hours trying to rearrange my top. I tried to put Fine. mine early that I knew you wouldn't do. That's sort yeah. Of well, I know you wouldn't do this one because I don't think you actually even know where where this is oh, in the park. Um, and and clearly can be argued as one of the, if not the best, queue in Walt Disney World, and that's the Twilight Zone Tower of Terror. Um, the what? Yeah, it's this. It's this big building at the end of Sunset Boulevard. Uh, 
Oh, that thing. Yeah. Yeah, I'll take you on it one. God, we have to, I have to take you on some of these rides. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> but, but you know what, Tim? Go through the queue. Um, and I actually prefer not going through the fast pass queue. Take the long queue. And, and unfortunately, sometimes, or fortunately, as the case may be, um, the extended queue is roped off if the attraction is not busy. But yeah. the entire, the ground and the building, you want to talk about setting up a story as you approach it begins as you go through the archway and you start walking on to the grounds. And the landscaping is so incredibly well done and well-themed, like you're in this very exotic hotel. But it's aged and it's dried up and the fountains are dried up. Um, it makes you look as though this has been sitting there abandoned since the late 30s. And uh, sort of the, the, the chaparral-covered hills of California and and outside is just spectacular uh, it's just spectacular even as you walk up into the building and again you've got the broken fountains and the, and the statues and things like that but once you get into the lobby that's where things sort of are escalated to a whole nother level and it really gives you a sense Tim as though it is a, a moment that's frozen in time and one of the, the details I love pointing out to people is as soon as you walk into the lobby which obviously is meant to look like a hotel lobby if you look to your left uh, you'll see a table with a Mahjong game being played. And what Disney did, and again, I love this attention to detail, is they bring in championship Mahjong players, they sit them down, they tell them to start playing, and at at one point say, okay, stop, get up and walk away. And they leave the game like that. There's a table where it looked like a couple was having champagne, and there's lipstick on the glasses. And look at the luggage in the lobby that Disney found in some old 1930s furniture catalog and had the company recreate them um, just to make sure that everything was authentic. The desk and the, and the lobby desk, so many great details there. Once you get into the library, again, you've got Rod Serling, you've got real props from the Twilight Zone, again, setting the stage. And even, and again, you'll, you'll, you could have chickened out by here, but walking through the <laughs> boiler room, you know, the little bits of details in the boiler room, um, so so well themed um, just just spectacular and again Tim you should go through it just to experience the queue now I have been there believe it or not and, and this was one of the ones I asked you to take on and as we continue we'll see what the common thread is in all of these as if no one's figured that out <laughs> by now chicken but um he, you said chicken not me <laughs> well I didn't say anything what <laughs> Hey, I have a question for you because I wasn't because you know I go on it so often. They, they have the the sign there, the, the directory, mm-hmm. and I know at one point I think it's at one point because I don't think it was there anymore. There would be letters on the bottom that ended up spelling out "You are doomed." Is that that is not there anymore? It used to say but, "Evil Tower." If you looked into the bottom where the letters dropped yeah, out, yeah, where they like fell down, right? Yeah, appropriately enough, uh, it said "Evil Tower." You are doomed, and it does not anymore. It does it not. No longer says That's that. That's a shame. Yeah. I thought that was cool. But look for the 13 Diamond AAA Award by the, by the concierge <laughs> desk, which I think is awesome. That's funny. I, I have a feeling number 13 is going to come up somewhere else on this list. But <laughs> um, My next one, I'm, uh, hey, I'm staying in the Hollywood Studios with you. Uh, we're going over to Star Tours next. And um, that for any Star Wars fan, again, this is a must-see. If nothing else, to immerse yourself in the universe that we've all grown to love um as with all the cues we're talking about it's filled with a, a wealth of detail um not the least of which is 
R2-D2 and C-3PO really there in front of you, life-size and everything, which when you see it the first time is, is really pretty cool if your only experience has been seeing them you know, on the screen. It's kind of neat seeing them in, in real life, as it were, and here I'm kind of arguing with each other. Um, as with any Disney attraction, the jokes are there. Um, I know you weren't going to give away a few of the earlier ones. I'll give away a couple here. If you listen to the, the overhead announcers, you'll hear a reference to uh, uh, the owner of a speeder with a license number THX1138. You'll hear a page for uh, Mr. Igroredge Sakul. You'll hear a voice, uh, page for a Mr. Tom Morrow. If you don't know what they all mean, Lou will either tell you in two seconds or he'll save the <laughs> be with me and say, figure it out for yourself. Um, and even oddly enough, in the nod to the Muppet Vision next door, there's a model of, of Kermit the Frog droid thing sitting up there, if you can find him, which is pretty cool. But the, the best part of the queue, it, it's not... It's not so much all the detail and the in-jokes. It's just being in that world uh, that we've all grown up with, especially those of us that are real old and literally grew up with it. Um, it's fascinating. I think the best way to sum that up, I, I was there oh, probably about a year and a half ago with my nephew, who was four at the time, big Star Wars fan. And I'm not, I might have shared this story already, but we're walking through the queue, and he's just looking around, marveling at the, the speeder and R2-D2 and C-3PO and everything, and he just stops, and he says, this is my dream. And that's all he said. And I think for any kid or kid at heart who grew up with a Star Wars movie, just going through that queue and seeing everything, that is a dream. You're right there. And that, that's a great way to describe it for those of us who are huge Star Wars fans and the whole new generation of Star Wars fans, thanks to the new trilogy. It is. I mean, you talk about these interactive, immersive experiences, but for the kids that want to be the Jedi and, and have always dreamed of, of playing, or like me, actually played Star Wars in his basement. I didn't get out much. Um, this is, you know, this is this is your mecca. This is where you want to go. Um, and even being dumped into the gift shop at the end. I mean, even the gift shop is oh, the is gift so shop well is heavy. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I didn't even and, talk about the Ewok village outside either, which is which is it's also my home away from home. Um, but I, this is one, Tim, that that you know I I wanted to put on my list. It was on the list. It was off the list. It was on. It was off. And I so wanted to put that on there. And uh, so I'm happy that you mentioned it because I, I do think it definitely d deserves to be there. And like you, I like it when the queues are empty, not so I can race through. But so I can stop and see the little Mon Calamari fish face guy up in the corner and look for <laughs> some of the other details. He has a name, you know. <laughs> He's the. I want to know more about you playing Star Wars in the basement. Maybe a later time. Possibly. Perhaps. I'll we'll tell share. you. Yeah, I'll tell you about my days playing Flash Gordon in the basement too. Anyway, YouTube, right? I'm going to. Uh, I'm going to move on to the next on my list again, not because it's in any particular order. We're going to move over to Disney's Animal Kingdom, where I think there's um, there are some exceptional cues. This is one of them. Tim, you can ride this. You can get wet. You will get wet. You know what I'm going to. Something we Festival just talked Festival of the Lion about. King. No. <laughs> Cali River Rapids. Cali uh, River Rapids. And again, this is one of the ones that if you decide that you don't want to get wet, you can go through the queue and you should go through the queue because it goes through some incredibly well-themed Buildings um, again, the, these rundown buildings that look like they were just picked up and dropped from Asia right into the middle of Disney's Animal Kingdom. Again, you've got these old decaying statues and these sh these uh, very well themed shrines. 
ruins. The, again, the landscapes are amazing. There's a beautiful cobra fountain. Um, details, again, abound here. The, the sandals that are lined up outside the temple, showing that, again, in, in some Asian cultures, you remove your shoes before entering a place of worship. Those little things that, again, most people walk by, Tim Foster, you should stop and pay attention to. And uh, you can really get a sense, too, of the story behind this ride because it is not just supposed to be like a you know water tube flume get soaked kind of ride there is a full-blown story and there's actually a message behind this attraction as well and i just think uh it's very 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 well done yeah and actually i i i have gone through the queue and chickened out so but not not because i'm chicken which we're gonna get to but um, actually, a nice tip though is if it's cool, you know, if it's winter down there and it's it's not really hot and you don't really want to get wet, that because I found this out, that is a good time to go through the queue line and not even get to the end because you get the benefit of there really isn't going to be many people there anyway because a lot of people are going to be like you and not want to get wet. But so you can take your time and not worry about people behind you and look at all the detail, which I did once. I had lots of pictures, which is really cool. So uh, my next one is kind of keeping in the same theme, but we're going back over to the Magic Kingdom, and I'm going to the Jungle Cruise. Which, Lou, I'm hoping you will add a lot to this discussion, because I think you talked about this at length quite a few times, this area of the Magic Kingdom. Again, one one that I had on my list had to pull it off, which was tough. Really, it was tough. It was well, good. See, I, I knew you were going to do that, so I threw it on there. So I'll start. But I know you have a wealth of knowledge and details about this. I'm sure you'll <laughs> love to share them with everybody. But um, again, Jungle Cruise, wonderfully detailed queue line, and like the rest of the attraction itself, a lot of sense of humor hidden in in all kinds of places here, and it's just really fun to walk through the queue and and look at all the things, look at all the signs. Uh, some of my favorites are the um, missing persons, missing boats report. Um, and take your time and, and look at the names and say them out loud to yourself. You'll find being eaten on there. Um, my favorite pair, Eileen Dover and her friend Anne fell in, which I thought was great. Um, I also like the free kittens to a good home sign. Free kittens having pretty stripes and being quite large as an owner of five cats i can sympathize although i don't think mine are quite that big probably my favorite sign though is the cruise mess sign with everything tasting like chicken including the chicken you actually do get on the last day um but again just all kinds of details to look at but enough to keep you busy uh, for quite a while um one of my favorites i'm sure you just have things you'd like to throw in there i got nothing i got it's ah, <laughs> I mean, I, I and look. Yeah, you've never done a two-hour show on this. Right. Show. Easy insert joke here um, because I've done 45 minutes on the show yep. just about the queue of the Jungle Cruise. That's how good it is. And that's why it was so tough to not have this on the main list but on the very long honorable mention list because so, – Well, we'll consider this an honorable mention as it is, uh, lower on the list. And- there's so much to see. Uh, as you enter the queue and as you exit the queue, there are – so many props and crates and cages and the little office and the signage um, has so many wonderful details as references to Imagineers, as references to real historical figures, as references to the Casablanca plane, which was added not that long ago. Incredible little um, details overhead. And speaking of overhead, again, definitely pay attention to the overhead radio narration. 
um, because it's very, very funny, and there's a lot of great stuff in there. Love the old radio music in there as well. And again, like you said, as you come out, uh, as you come off your boat, there's signage there. There's crates there. We've talked about some of the ones that reference uh, the Swiss Family Robinson crates and some of the other things. Uh, and again, I could go, and, I'm, and I already am going on and on about uh, <laughs> about the details here. But I'll actually link in the show notes where you can go look on the show. Definitely go back and check out the show that we did about specifically the Jungle Cruise queue. And I think a cool thing about it, because I, I believe the last time we were down there and we all went on it, you were even finding new stuff on there. So that's kind of the neat thing about all these, most of these cues that they are ever-evolving, so you can go back and just discover new things. Whether it's you didn't notice them before, they're new, there's always new stuff to discover. Yeah, and oftentimes, too, in places that you might not expect. You know, you, right. you have to look in the bushes, look on the fast pass machines, look up, look down. I mean, and especially the Jungle Cruise, I think you're right, Tim, is a great, great example of that. And then tell your friend to look at all the other people giving you a funny look as you are, bend over looking under bushes and under fountains and wondering right. what's that guy doing over there. Kind you know, I, I get into these cues and I tell people, <laughs> no, that's fine. You can go ahead in front of me. I need to stand here and get 75 pictures of the crate. <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah. Even the cast members are like, dude, what are you doing? Go ride the ride, please. So There's a boat over there, you know. You yeah, there's actually a ride at the end of this, at the end of this line, which is uh, – but yeah. Great stuff. But anyway, I'm going to uh, for mine. I'm going to stay in Disney's Animal Kingdom uh, because I was just having some uh, some tea over there in Asia, and I'm going to stay in Asia, and I'm going to, and I'm going to meander on over to again an, a favorite of yours, I'm sure, Expedition oh, yeah. Everest. And again, one that was arguably could be at the top of somebody's list, including my own. Um, I'm wondering what is at the top of your list at this point. I don't know. I, I don't know what's on the top of my list because, again, these are okay. in no specific order. I, I have four words to you when it comes to Expedition Everest. Do not use FastPass. This is an attraction. I repeat, do not use FastPass. This is an attraction that you need to take time. And it's a long queue, but it's so well worth it. Uh, and the FastPass queue is as well. There's details there as well. But... The Imagineers put such incredible detail, I think far beyond anything else that's going to be on either of our lists as far as what they did to really recreate this Himalayan um, you know, region and what they did. I mean, they went, you know, they took trips out there and they brought back authentic props. They brought back people to help create these buildings, to, to create this village of Zerkazong. Uh, located in the foothills of the Himalayas. And you get the sense, Tim, that you are there. And as you go in to the building and this this tour company, um, there's so many great props. There's so many great sight gags all throughout uh, the store. And then you go into the museum and you really get a sense of the story. And there's pictures along the way to, to sort of set it up for you. And then once you get into the Yeti Museum, you get the sense that you, you of how big the Yeti is and what he's done and that real trips and expeditions have been made out there and if I sound that excited I, I am because I think the queue <laughs> I think the queue is that good and when you get in a sense and appreciation of the fact that they are all authentic that Imagineers went out there and went to these people in these little villages and said okay um, your little base camp set up store you have here on the side of the road yeah we'll take all of it <laughs> we want all of it and, and we're bringing it back here um, and again if you've Tim, I know you have not, but if you ever do, 
go through the queue of Expedition Everest. I've you, gone know. through the queue. <laughs> you will one, know. Yeah. I mean, this is, and I will tell you on a personal level, this is one that I love taking people through. Uh, even if they've been there before, and it's oh yeah, I've seen the queue, and I, you know I've seen the stuff. But I, I love pointing out things because invariably, and myself included, you go back and you pick up things that you did not notice before. Yeah, and I was in that queue, cowering and crying like a schoolgirl. I, I know, but all right, all right, crying like a schoolgirl. That's the that's the tip off everybody. The secret's <laughs> out of the bag now. So that's why Lou took the big three. So. Yeah, because I rarely go there. <laughs> Give me It's a Small World. Not much of a cue there. I, just so you know, It's a Small World yeah. on my honorable mention list. Really? It, I, and I'm serious as a heart attack, my friend. Okay, I can't, I can't <laughs> wait to hear that. As much as I love it. I mean, think about it. It's, you have the beautiful Mary Blair-inspired murals. You've got the music. The it's a sm- Come on, Sherman Brothers. Show Richard and Robert Sherman some love. Will you foster? I'm with you. I'm with you 100% of the way. Congratulations on sneaking two into one. That's <laughs> great. <you. laughs> uh, let's see. I'm going to stick in the, in the uh, Magic Kingdom. Don't and, say uh, it. Don't say what you <laughs> Go mm. ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead and say it. I got a million of them, so it doesn't matter what you say. On the, it's on my list. Does it start with an H? It does. And it ends with a mansion. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah, Haunted Mansion. That's where I'm going. <laughs> Sorry, Lou. Now, the, the cool, the the coolest thing to me about this queue is deciding where it ends. We all know where it starts. If where does it where, where does it start for you? Where does the queue start for you? Uh oh, boy, this sounds like a trick question. Gee, when I'm approaching the gate now, can I can I say when I hear the howling of the wolf and the boat ride over to the Magic Kingdom? Does that count? You can absolutely. All right, I, there we I, go. That's when I, it starts. I, I, it wasn't a trick question. The queue for me, I agree with you, starts far beyond the gates of the haunted mansion. Yep. Now, as you get to the gates of the haunted mansion, uh, as I said, one, it, it, the queue goes on as long as you decide. You might be one of those people that decide the ride starts when you board your Doom buggy. Okay, well, if that's the case, then the queue encompasses the outside, the stretching room, the inside. And if that's the queue area, that's an impressive queue area. Um, uh, particularly, again, the stretching room. I mean, we, we, taught, we just did a show about the Haunted Mansion, so we won't go into a lot of detail about what you can see and not see in there. Stand under the woman with the parasol. Or stay late, as per Lou's tip, which I did, which was very cool. Um, now, if you if you think the queue ends at the door, still a wonderful uh, a queue area. The the whole graveyard, uh, of course, full with detail for the the rose on Master Gracie's tombstone, Madame Leota's tombstone, of course. Don't ignore the other side of the queue line where you can see. I keep saying queue line; I, they mean the same thing, and so you don't have to write letters. But um, look at the at the haunted mansion itself. Look at the the, the roses that are by the fence particularly at night. A detail I, I especially like is when there's little or no wait for the Haunted Mansion. And again, even before you get into the, into the archway, uh, you'll see the wait time sometimes will say 13 minutes, haha, uh, which I think is, is really cool, uh, which it also does at the Tower of Terror once in a while. The thing with the Haunted Mansion, though, which I think I, I really give it props for, not only does it have an amazing entrance queue, it's probably got, I think, the best exit queue, if you can call it that, 
uh, as when you come out of the haunted mansion, you're not done. You have the mausoleum to look at, the pet cemetery to look at, the hearse to look at, um, maybe the occasional bride ring on the ground. If a mischievous cast member hasn't covered it up with a sticker, you know who you are. Um, again, just a wealth of detail. And like I said, we've talked about this in depth a, a while ago, so we won't go into too much length about it. But um, I mean, one of the most immersive cues that there is there, especially at night, especially when it's raining. I agree with you. Through I, For the first time, I think, ever, Tim, I agree with you about everything that you said. However, however. Wait a minute. <laughs> however, there that is one thing about the cue that you, I think that you left off the list and is very I important. It. I left it for you. Because you, <laughs> you don't know what I'm about to say. I know, I know how this works. Well, Go ahead. I think an integral part of this cue, beyond probably any other, including Twilight Zone Tower of Terror, are the cast members. No, no. Butlers and me. The right. cast members who are portraying the butlers and me. Yeah, you gave me a hard time last time. I said cast members, so I'm giving it right. But back. they do. I mean, they totally, totally. set the sa- the stage and the mood for the attraction. And and again, what you said about approaching it at night, the sight of the mansion from a distance. You know, even if you're coming through Fantasyland, you see it, and and as you get closer, um, really sort of again, much like Tower of Terror, but I think even more so. And I'll tell you, Tim. Yeah. This one originally was not on my list. Why? It, it was not on my, my list of five, since we're doing mm. supposedly doing ten. And I will tell you, it hurt me physically, and it pained my soul to leave this <laughs> off the list. So much so that I bumped something else and put it back on, because I, I agree with you that it needs to be on the list. There you go. Well, see, I took care of that for you. Then. So, It's a Small World, off the main list, Haunted Mansion put back on. And I'm kidding, of course. That's not what they meant. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. So, from rides that that clearly scare the bejesus out of Tim Foster for one reason or another, I'll move over to something that I know you love, I know you appreciate, yet still makes you weep like a schoolgirl in in uh-huh. many many good ways. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, I will see your haunted mansion, and I will raise you a Jim Henson's Muppet Vision 3D. Yippee! <laughs> this, like you said, Tim is one of the things where the queue is an attraction in and of itself. And it begins, much like the Haunted Mansion, before you even enter the building. And I, 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 I so wish that it was as popular as it was back in the early 90s, when you used to have to use the outside queue, and there were all the movie posters out there, um, for the, the different sort of Muppetized movie posters, and all the instructions on, on how to use your safety goggles and, and whatnot. And then when you walk in, obviously you've got um, the security office um, with, with the picture of Link Hogthrob in the background, if you ever caught that. Um, the key under the mat. Um, mm-hmm. So much good stuff in there. On the left-hand side, you also have all of the the doorways, and you've got the signage for some of the other people who are supposed to be in, this, uh, in the facility. And then once you get into the main pre-show holding area movie room, again... Details, details, details abound. Uh, again, I could spend, and I probably will, 45 <laughs> minutes in here with a net full of jello and the oh, swine trek ship. I mean, come on, the swine trek ship. <laughs> That's hilarious. And, and see if you can find the Jim Henson Muppet. See if you can Ooh. find it. Yeah, brother. See? Ooh. See that? We got to go back. 
We gotta go back and then eat at Mama Melrose's again when we're done. But there's there's an amazing <laughs> yes. abundance of wait, wait, hold on. quick. How, how about fifty four minutes food came up? There we go. <laughs> I'm just keeping track. Go ahead. But even take notice, Tim, of how you know, some innocuous things like fountainheads and plumbing fixtures and pipes are painted to look like Muppets. Um, mm-hmm. Again, there's so, so much good stuff in there. We've talked about, again, I've talked about Muppet Vision in the past on the show. I'll try and remember to link that in the show notes. Otherwise, you can look in the podcast archives. But um, this is one of the ones where you should time it correctly because you can get in there, walk around and look around, but you should see the entire pre-show movie, which to me can is part of the queue. I consider that part of the queue, which is, which is a big part of why this is on the list. I mean, because the pre-show movie is as entertaining as the 3D film itself. We'll have to do top 10 pre-shows one day. I like. I like. There you go. There you go. Um, good. Bravo, my man. Very nice. I think I'm supposed to be at number one right here, if I'm counting right. This is where I pull my... Who's counting? Nobody's counting. Uh, I, I Probably about 5 million people are counting out there. Since they all seem to know that you did 33 last time. <laughs> um, and I, I, I'm pulling a Lou card out here. I'm cheating. I'm going to put it right on the table. I'm cheating with my next one. You, don't, you, know, you don't need to qualify that anymore. We know that you are a cheater that likes to scare kids. So that, you, again, no need to introduce it that way. But go ahead. Yeah. Well, <laughs> hard to scare kids if I won't go on the ride myself, isn't it? Um, now, for the next one, I had a hard time with, with some of these because... There are there are a lot of cues that I like, but I really wouldn't put them in the category of the others in terms of the the wealth of detail and sight gags and and all the kinds of things you can see there. But rather these cues I like because they just to me set the mood perfectly for what's coming up. And, and they might not be the longest, they might not be the most detailed. But I'm kind of wrapping up a collection of different ones here, and I won't spend a lot of time on each one, but um, for me, these, these are my all-about-the-mood cue lines. Um, and I mean, it starts with um, The Seas with Nemo and Friends, which does have actually some, some detail in it, not, not tons of detail, but there are some inside jokes and uh, gags and things to look at. But just walking through it, starting out on the beach, uh, ending up at the pier, going underwater, seeing the boat underneath it, uh, to me is um, just really cool. A real cool way to get into the mood of being under the ocean, which you're about to do for the next several minutes or however long you choose to spend in the pavilion. Um, another one is, uh, to me, that I like a Space Mountain. And again, this is with the asterisk. It may be changing. I'm not sure what it'll end up looking like when they reopen it. But... Um, Particularly a Space Mountain, if uh, you caught it earlier at Extra Magic Hours when there's no one in there, you can walk through. It's very long. Uh, you you had the music playing, the the the, the blue lights, the, the stars on the side. Again, just really put me in that Tomorrowland kind of mood. Uh, Splash Mountain again. A lot of detail, which I won't go, not a lot of detail, but, but good detail at the end when you get to it. But the, again, just puts you in the mood. You're winding around and through the trees and, and all that kind of stuff. And the last one is going to be an odd one, and I'm, I know, Lou, you're going to protest this one. But to me, Spaceship Earth has a, 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 wow, a real wow moment for me in the queue area. And I will admit, there really is no queue area for 
space or spaceship Earth, other than wind your way around all the, you know, the pass till you get up the ramp to go inside. But still to this day, I remember one of my most magical moments was walking up the ramp into spaceship Earth. Nobody was there, uh, but but walking up at twilight, underneath. Uh, you know the geodesic sphere, the, the music playing, the lights on it, uh, seeing the giant mural for the first time, and that being your first experience in Epcot, really took me to a, a far away different place that I'd ever been to before, even before I got on the ride. And to me, it's one of the most memorable experiences I've had approaching the ride. And while it's not a queue proper, um, to me that that combination of light music and, and the mural just really set the mood. Uh, like I've, I've haven't experienced too many times, and I throw it in there. Um, the one last one I'm going to throw in there is, uh, I will admit, this is my wife's idea. And if it's, if, it's a more of a, if it's more of a stretch than Spaceship Earth, uh, I'm going to be is, floored. It is a stretch. I will admit, this is more of a stretch than Spaceship Earth. And I admit it, Spaceship Earth is a stretch because that's not a cue. And but, if you're going to tell me that she gets wet in this queue, then I'm really going to be amazed. No, no, she doesn't get wet. And and for those who disbelieved, she really did get wet on It's a Small World. I, I don't care what you say. She really did. Um, and, you, and, Lou, you joked with me about this because, you know, you said, um, you know, get ready for your list. Uh, you know, Pooh's Playful Spot and Mad Tea Party and all those wonderful cues. And you threw TTA in there. And my wife put TTA on her list. Not because of the queue itself, which, again, there really isn't one, just the ramp that goes up, although that's kind of cool in of itself. But in her perception, now, stay with me here, stay with me. <laughs> she sees the TTA as a queue for Tomorrowland in its entirety. Not in the sense that you're in line waiting for anything, but this is your overview of Tomorrowland. You get to see everything, you get to experience everything, you get... The music of Space Mountain, you get to see, you get to hear the overhead things, uh, the announcements, you get to get a glimpse of Buzz Lightyear. And as we've talked about many times, it's the perfect way to get in the Tomorrowland mood. It's one of our favorite overlooked attractions. And so, so she sees it in a, a queue of Tomorrowland kind of sense. And, and from that perspective, you're not waiting, but you are looking, you are seeing detail. I can accept that now. Luke well, can go. That me, was the biggest stretch I ever on. heard. In Let my me life. step back for a second. The TTA. They said this, this is this Lou is deep. Wait a minute. This is deep. The TTA yes. is the cue for Tomorrowland. What do you think? I like there, that. See? I like that. I, no, I, I do. All right, now you know what. All right, that was my idea. My wife had nothing to do with it. Not only is your wife beautiful, but clearly she oh, yeah. is the brains behind the, the Foster brains. Empire. She is the what the inspiration behind the perspiration <laughs> behind every great man lies a great woman great woman kudos lisa <laughs> i like that, I like that. All right, that was my way to cram in oh about five or six so uh i'm gonna kick up my feet have something to drink <laughs> and relax while lou goes on to his 57 honorable <laughs> mentions take it away lou <laughs> I'm laughing because, you know, it's funny because it's true. Because I wasn't that <laughs> right? uh, First of all, look, I'm going to tell you, I did have the Seas with Nemo and Friends on my honorable huh? mention list. I, I love the sort of beach-like area at the beginning and then the, 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 the simple but wonderful effect of being underwater and the rusted out um, railings and things like that. It's just, it's just very, very well done. Space like Mountain shapes on the wall. Exactly. The Space Mountain, I agree with you because of the music. Um, there's also some mm -hmm. details when you first start walking down the steps 
um, on sort of the, the departure board there was or, or maybe still will be. That's actually the one thing that's on my list of cues I'm so much looking forward to seeing when the attraction reopens list. Very much so. Um, yeah. Splash Mountain, long queue, real long. I'll give you that. Um, yeah. And as you get closer to the building. But I, I don't have a, a number one because you took the Haunted Mansion. But I'm going to go through some of the other ones on the list because I think they do need to be mentioned. And, I've, and you made a great point that some of the cues are deservedly on the list. Not because of, of the details or some, some of the fun things or the jokes or gags, but because of how it sets the tone for the attraction. And I think, so for example, Pirates of the Caribbean, definitely one of those. I mean, there might Actually, I was not, counting on you to do that one. You have, like, you have to mention Pirates because, and again, the queue begins literally outside the inside queue, you know, because you've got the setting of this Caribbean plaza uh, you've got the setting of entering the fort. And then again, you've got two sides of the queue that are both very different. You know, you got the armory side and more the side like with the fireplace and the furniture. And again, great t- details. Not mentioning the skeletons playing chess would be heresy when you talk about a queue. I completely agree with you. Um, other ones that were on my list. Um, and again, this is a... This is a uh, I, and I kind of thought you were going to say this. this. This is a Tim Foster, go with me here, the Enchanted Tiki Room. You know, the little queue outside with William and Morris, Don Rickles, Phil Hartman. I like that. I like that. And I, and I like watching people watch that because they seem that they really enjoy it. Um, another one that I, I'm surprised you didn't mention was Toy Story Mania. Uh, you know what? It's on my... It's on, it's on my, your it's on your honorable mention list. Well, because I, I was going to do a, a Buzz Lightyear, Toy Story Mania kind of all-in-one kind of thing. Yeah, um, I, I like to, I like Toy Story Mania beyond Buzz Lightyear, which I think is fun too, especially once you start getting up close to the Buzz animatronic. But Toy Story Mania, the fact that you immediately, as soon as you go through the portal, get the sense that you are shrunk down to the size of a toy. Mm-hmm. Um, you should be able to pick that up very, very easily. And you've got these giant size Viewmaster reels and the balsa wood planes and the games and, and things that you remember from those of us that are from our generation – that we played Candyland and Shoots and Ladders and things like that. And then when you turn that corner and you see and hear Mr. Potato Head, I mean, he's very, very impressive in what he right. does and how he interacts with the audience. And even as you get into the load area, again, the queue continues there. The load unload area, to me, is part of that queue. And again, there's the board games. There's the books, the paintings of the books. And I love a little reference to John Lasseter in there and Tin Toy, some of the other mm-hmm. Pixar shorts. Um Another one, Tim. I was I guaranteed myself and that this was on your list, and that's I why I didn't make five. Like, well, I, you had like nineteen. <laughs> was it's Which, tough to be a bug? Mm. Hmm. Outside queue, you you wandering around the tree of life. You can look for the three hundred and twenty five different animals on there. Try and identify them. Then once you get inside, you've got all the posters, um, which kind of give the the insect twist on some. Um, Movies and some and some Broadway plays and things like that. Um, a, a neat rendition of of, of uh, Beauty and the Beast, Beating the Bees, which <laughs> don't ever do that again. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, go with me here, Tim Foster one, but one that I that I think is um, depending on how you define Q, the American Adventure. Yeah. The between the that was on my almost list. That again is where do you start and where do you stop? Right, right. It's, and, yeah. 
inside that rotunda, inside that lobby, you've got the, the, the quotes on the wall. You've got the artwork. You've got the art gallery, which was recently redone and changes from time to time. And I think, a bit of a stretch, I consider the Voices of Liberty part of that queue, which helps bring it up to, the, to being on the level of being on the list. My parents never miss it. They love it. The thing, you know, the thing that amazes me about that every time I go through it is when you go, when you start going, making your way to the theater, it's just how big it is. I, I mean, yeah. compared to, you know, pretty much any other attraction, just the, the hall of flags and, and the escalators, and it, it's just, it just strikes me how large it is and how grand it is, is, is what always um, impresses me so much about it. Yeah, I mean, some other ones, just real quick, that I threw on there. Um, I have a quick one I forgot, but go ahead. China. Mm-hmm. China. Um, when you go into the temple, so beautifully, beautifully uh, well done. Um, the Hall of Prayer of the Good Harvest Temple thing. <laughs> um, so much symbolism, so much meaning in there. Uh, dinosaur over to Animal Kingdom. You've got the educational load area. And then when you get down sort of into the... Um, uh, before the pre-show, you got the educational area. Then when you get down into the load area, you've got the chemical names of mustard, ketchup, and mayo on the pipes above, I which, which I, which I, I think that. is great. Plus, it has Felicia Rashad. I mean, come How on. How can you go wrong there? Go? Anybody that's married to a mod Rashad, you know is good for an attraction queue. <laughs> I thought she was married to Bill Cosby. Oh, well, wait, what? that was... <laughs> so. You know, too, and I'm going to slip in, and I, they might be coming here. Two that I really was, were thinking of putting on this list, and they are amazing queues, which I just didn't, were Test Track and Mission Space. Oh, baby, um, you got you, I got yeah, it, Eddie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm so, no, I'm with you. That's that's good. Yeah, again, they're 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 amazing. Again, again, there's so many to choose from. Obviously, this is not a top ten list, but I had a hard time keeping them off. But they uh, they're both amazing in their own right. Obviously, I agree. I think test track. You get the sense of again, you get some some education with fun. You know, watching the crash test dummies. What I love about the test track queue is. Not just seeing how the stuff is done and some of the little details are hidden in and the pictures of the Imagineers and their family. I love how, pay very close attention to how the sounds of the things that are taking place in the different um, testing areas are synced up to the music. I mean, they actually create their own little sort of theme with the bumps and the crashes and the sounds and the bangs. Listen, listen very carefully. Um it was funny because when we went on that, I, I noticed that for the first time. And this just speaks to there's just you pay attention, you'll discover new every time. And I noticed that for the first time and I mentioned it and you all looked at me like I had three heads. Wait, you never noticed that before? Are you kidding me? Sorry. <laughs> right. Yeah, the guy's but, the magic guy. You didn't know that? Jeez Louise. Yeah, but then there's that. Yeah, well, go ahead. <laughs> Story I wasn't going to share. <laughs> and, I, and I absolutely agree with you about Mission Space. I, I, think, it's, uh, I think it's an overlooked cue. Because I love the fact that it blends history and reality and ties. I love the, the, the little tribute to Horizon in the gravity wheel. And it also sorts of tells a story and it brings you from the past into the future where you're supposed to be taking place at this testing uh, facility. I love the fact that there are real historical artifacts in the queue. And again, they sort of create this imagined history of the future. Um, and again... Look in the queue, the mission control um, console. Look very closely on one of the tiny little kind of five inch by five inch screens. You'll see the old video from Mission to Mars of the bird landing uh, on the. Uh, I'm dating myself. I know. Sorry. Very, I, it's okay. 
Hey, and, you played Star Wars in your basement. We all kind of forgot how old you are. Star Wars and Flash Gordon. And I don't mean Flash Gordon, you know, 1920s, Flash 1930s. Gordon was on the radio. I mean he? Flash Gordon, like... I'm, I'm really going to be dating myself now. Let's just move on. All right. You know what on. I love about Mission Space the most? You can figure this out. I can enjoy the queue line immensely because... You don't have to actually ride the ride. Well, I can ride the chicken line. You like the fact that there's the green and the orange. <laughs> well, I like that I can go through there now. Because it was one of those attractions where I did it once, and regrettably I probably wasn't going to do again. But now I can, and now I can enjoy all the detail and the queue. And, and actually, I'm... I'm I, I think we're remiss in, in kind of keeping us off the list in light of the anniversary that just came and went in the last, as we're recording this in the last week or so. Landing on the moon, in case you weren't paying attention. Um, we landed on the moon? No, it was all a hoax. <laughs> not really, not really. I, I, oh, can I, th- I want to throw one more. I'm, while you're, you pause there, shame <laughs> on <laughs> This was one I meant to put it on my, and again, people might not really agree on this one, but in my, it's all about the mood list. Um, Mickey's Philhar magic to me is, can I say pure magic? Again, it's not really a, well, it is a cue proper, not the most overly detailed by any stretch, but, um, you know, funny posters as you walk through, take your time to read them all, but but just the, the color, like I, I always feel like I've never seen a blue quite like that every time I walk into it. And, and to me, it's, it's the start of the magic that you experience inside. And again, just uh, creating the mood cue, not overly detailed, but one that I just, for whatever reason, I'm particularly fond of. So. Yeah, and, and the last thing I was going to throw in was rock and roller coaster. Um, not necessarily for the cue on the outside and maybe at the beginning, you do get some of the historical stuff. But once you get to see the pre-show video and then once you get to the load-unload area, which I consider part of the cue... There's a, a bunch of great details, a bunch of great sight gags in there as well. And, you know, looking at the list, Tim, we've mentioned every attraction except, I think, Dumbo. So now that I've mentioned Dumbo, we have mentioned every attraction in Walt Disney World. Well, we did leave out Pooh's playful spot. <laughs> so, but, and, and again, I'm sure there's somebody saying, my God, man, how are you about, possibly if- leaving off the Country Bear Jamboree? Which actually has a good oh, See? How we do? See, that's what makes us so fun, though. Big Thunder Mountain Railroad. Yeah, you know, I thought about that. Um, but, you know, starts fun, but a yeah, lot of whining. A lot of whining. But, hey, don't forget, a lot of details. You walk up until you get to that part of whining around. Lots of cool details to look at. So, See, how can, how can you stop at 10? Maelstrom. Maelstrom like the has the best cue. <laughs> Well, yeah, perhaps. Well, they have, uh, there's the cool mural in there. Uh, it's a stretch, I know. Hey, love Norway. That's for my Norway friend out there. <laughs> so, anyway, uh, top 75 with Tim Foster. <laughs> I, I literally think that we probably mentioned 40 attractions in this list. Probably. Easily. <laughs> yep. Top so 10 start is all those letters. You know, when you say 10, it's not really 10. Top 10 is not really a, a, a name proper. It's more of a... Top 10 is a state of mind. That's right. <laughs> and again, I'm, I'm sure we missed something that's going to be so blatantly obvious. Like, how did we possibly... And I'm looking around my room going, is there anything that I possibly missed on this list that I need to make I'm sure, sure we mention? I was going through every... I'm walking through every land in my... You know, my head's like, this, 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 this. Oh, sounds dangerous. No, maybe not. <laughs> no. 
that would be the stretch of all stretches. <laughs> all right, I admit Spaceship Earth was a stretch, but it's a personal thing to me, so deal with it. Again, the top 10, you know, all these top 10 lists, Tim, are not meant to be the definitive list. They are meant to sort of just inspire discussion and thought about what your personal top 10 might be. And I would love to hear what people think they're number one. What is your, you know, final answer? It is the very best cue in all of Walt Disney World answer would be. And I I don't know what mine would be. I mean, do you know what, what your... If you had to, you know, put it on the list as your number one, what it would be? Boy, that's tough. That's a tough. Co- well, it's tough because you you want to say why is it my favorite? Because that's the most detailed. Because it's at the best mood. I don't know. Right, and and, and I think that's where, like you said, the subjective to get in. Right, the subjective the, stuff comes into play because do you love it? Walt because, Disney World train station, which we didn't mention. See, there you go. Yeah, and for some people, that might be that might be it. You know? Yeah, well, actually, actually, my wife mentioned it because there's lot, there's lots of detail. There's detail everywhere. The whole place is. Can a, I tell you something? You. In all yeah. serious, in all seriousness, yeah. Goofy's Barnstormer has a great yeah, absolutely. cue. Absolutely. The multiflex octoplane blueprints and the oh, mainstream. Whoa, 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 whoa. Say that again. You've obviously. You're, are you too scared? My kids go on that by themselves. No, I, I just want to hear you say that again. The multi-flex I got to ride octoplane. on twice in a row. I looped the thing. Don't tell me I can't handle <laughs> the chickens. You got the chickens. You got the um, the reference to the Main Street Electrical Parade, which instantly puts it on the list. Yep. So, again, see, I knew we would forget something, so I'm happy I, I snuck that last one in there. Anyway, <laughs> I want to hear, not yours, Tim, I'd love to hear from listeners about what their number one cue in Walt Disney World is. You can email me. You can post on Facebook, post in the forums, call the voicemail. 888-703-217. Call the voicemail from the queue, even better, Ooh. for bonus points and no prizes whatsoever. Oh. So, but um, as always, Tim, these uh, top 75 lists are always a lot of fun, if for no other reason that I get to spend an hour talking to you about Walt Disney World. Yay. You, who, by okay. the way, is the author of not just the Guide to the Magic book not which again misnomer not really just for kids for kids of all ages yeah. and the autograph book and yeah. you know the celebrations magazine thing but one of my favorites <laughs> the over the overlooked tim foster book the lost journals tim in 10 or 75 since we never really adhere to 10 seconds or less tell me what the lost journals is about it's the book with the final secret clue that lou hasn't figured out yet no, I'm kidding. <laughs> now it's <laughs> I, it, it's a it's a small book. It takes you on a tour through all four parks, hidden secrets, uh, Mickey's scavenger hunts, mystery pictures, a journey of adventure for everybody to enjoy. And that wasn't have- quite ten words, was it? <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's okay. It wasn't quite a top ten list either. You can find that and all of Tim's other fostery goodness at guidetothemagic.com. So, uh, Tim, thanks as always, buddy. Thank you, buddy. That's all the time we have this week. I hope you enjoyed the show. Big thanks go out to my friend Tim Foster from GuideToTheMagic.com. You can go to his website, check out all of the books in his series, 
as well as my partner on Celebrations Magazine to subscribe, get back issues, or if you want to contribute something to the magazine, go and visit CelebrationsPress.com. Also, just a couple of quick reminders. Our next Meet of the Month in Walt Disney World is going to be Saturday, August 29th. That's going to be at Typhoon Lagoon. We're going to spend the day at a Disney water park. For more information, come and visit the page over on the forums or on Facebook. A link to both of those in this week's show notes. Also, on the website at wdwradio.com, you'll find links to all the past episodes. If you're a new listener, go back and check the podcast archives. I think you'll find some episodes and some segments and some interviews that I think you'll probably enjoy. Also, on the site, look for new videos as well as new articles and lots more coming in the next few weeks and months. And don't forget that if you have a question that you want answered, send it to lou at wdwradio.com. Or if you want to be heard on the air, you can call the voicemail anytime at 888-703-2171. If you aren't following me on Twitter and want to get the latest instant updates, visit twitter.com slash Mangello and come by Friend me up over on Facebook and join the WDW Radio Show fan page. Links to all these are right on the homepage of WDWRadio.com. Stay tuned as well to Facebook and Twitter and the website for the next WDW Radio live broadcast and chat. I'll have one of those coming up very, very soon. Stay tuned. That's the best way to get your updates. Also, I am happy to announce that the latest installment of my audio guide to Walt Disney World series is now available, and that is Fantasyland. It is currently available at WDWRadio.com, both as an instant download, which is just $7.99, or on CD for just $9.99. These are virtual walking tours of the parks where I take you through all the history and the trivia and some of the overlooked attractions and details and so much more, all with the 3D ambient sounds of Walt Disney World behind you. If you visit the shop page, you can get some more information about Main Street USA, Adventureland, and Fantasyland, and download a sample clip from Main Street USA. Also on the shop, you can order copies of my Walt Disney World trivia books, the guides, and the all-new WDW Radio t-shirts. Thanks, as always, to my partners and sponsors, including Mouse Fan Travel. They are my recommended travel provider. For all your vacation planning needs, you can go and visit Becky and her team, over at mousefantravel.com. All-Star Vacation Homes has more than 150 homes within five miles of Walt Disney World that offer private pools and spas, kitchens, and so much more. You can select everything from two-bedroom condos to seven-bedroom homes. For more information, visit All-Star Vacation Homes. And if you're interested in the Disney Vacation Club, check out dvcbyresale.com. And if you are interested in cruising with us on the WDW Radio Cruise aboard the all-new Disney Dream in 2011 on the Disney Cruise Line, visit this week's show notes for more information. Let us know your interest in possible sailing dates and cabin preferences. And just a quick mention, because I will cover this in more detail on a later show, I have to give big, big thanks to everybody that I had a chance to meet and get to know and helped out so much this past weekend at Magic Meets. I had such a great time as always, and more importantly, the Dream Team Project, thanks to all of your help and your support and everybody's efforts, raised more than $26,000 for the Make-A-Wish Foundation of America. Truly, magic was made this past weekend, so thanks to all the auction volunteers and to Pat and to all the donors and the contributors and the sponsors and Fred and everybody else 
who made that possible. Uh, it is really a testament to you and the entire community, and, and I am incredibly, incredibly grateful to be a part of that. So, again, I will cover a, a kind of a Magic Meets recap in the next few weeks. Definitely stay tuned. But as always, my friends, thank you for taking the time and tuning in this and every week. It really does mean a lot to me. And if you like the show, please help spread the word. Go review the show on iTunes. Come say hi on Facebook. Tell other people about it. It is very, very much appreciated. And of course, most importantly, have a great week this week and keep moving forward and take that first step to following your dream and do something good for yourself and do something great for somebody else. I hope you have a wonderful week. So until next time, see ya. Lou Montegallo is the Keen family from Cinnamon to New Jersey leaving for our trip, magical trip to Orlando. It is Friday morning, August 8th at 10.10. We are driving. We've got our podcast loaded, our book packed so we can read all about the world. So we just wanted to let you know we're on our way. Hope to see and hear you. And we'll be checking in. See you soon. Hi, Lou. It's Darlene from West Seneca, New York. Lucy Wu on the porch. Just wanted to say that I did donate today and to your um, Make-A-Wish dream. And I am so proud of everything you do. That is so wonderful. Um, I hope you reach your goal. And and I know you will. Hopefully you'll surpass the goal. That would be perfect. Um, Thanks again for everything you do. Have a magical day. Bye. Hi, Lou. This is Lauren from East Brunswick, New Jersey. Uh, I'm calling because my boyfriend, Mike, called a few weeks ago around July 4th, maybe the week before, and surprised me with tickets to Little Mermaid for anniversary. And we just got out of the show. We're on the train back to Jersey right now. And it was incredible. It was definitely worth seeing. And I know it closes August 30th, so I encourage everybody who can to go and see it. Beautiful show. All the effects were just Amazing. Um, and, you know, thanks for everything that you do. You know, you've been great. And, um, you know, thanks to Mike for doing this for me. And um, I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Hello, it's Melissa from the Cinnamon St. Canes. We made it to Disney. Our first trip is to the Magic Kingdom. Unfortunately, we came by bus. We wanted to come by boat and give you the old honk honk. So that'll be the next time. But um, we're ready to get our groove on for well, for the Magic Kingdom. We're going to look for Tinkerbell and Mickey and have lunch at the Crystal Palace. So we've got the day planned. So hope you're doing well. Look forward to talking to you. See ya. Hi, Lou. This is Jesse from St. Louis. Uh, I know I'm a couple shows behind, but I was just listening to the one where you're answering emails and someone asked where to propose. And I can tell you, I was just down there in June. Actually, that was the last time I called you when I was down there. And I proposed at the hotel. And not, I wouldn't recommend it, although it worked out well. She said yes, and I'm engaged, and everything's great. But uh, I had this big elaborate plan to propose on Main Street, and I was going to have my friend who's a professional photographer capture the moment or grab a photo pass uh, photographer. Anyway, I, I realized at the last minute, uh, the day before we went to the Magic Kingdom, that I don't think she w- would have appreciated the crowds and all those people around, and I couldn't think of anywhere 
again at the last minute um, inside the park to propose. So I jumped the gun and then proposed inside the hotel room. And she said yes, and we went down and we got our buttons and we wore them every day, and, and that was fun. And you get a little extra attention when you wear the buttons. So uh, as a guy who's going to propose next year and anyone who's going to propose before then, hopefully they still have those because you get a little special treatment. So don't forget to get them. Um, anyway, that's all I wanted to talk about. I thought it was funny. You had your story in front of the Cinderella Castle, and that's exactly what I was trying to avoid. And I had my whole spiel and quoted Walt Disney and all kinds of fun stuff. But, uh, yeah, I kind of wish I would have heard the show before I went down. But, you know, that's just how it works. Anyway, Lou, have a magical day and uh, keep up the good work. Hi, Lou. This is listener John from Hershey, Pennsylvania. I'm on my way home from Magic Meeks. Uh, it was a fun and interesting uh, time and uh, very enjoyable for my first time out. wanted to congratulate you on having a, a great trivia talk and uh, for all your entertainment, and I'm sorry for scaring you for jumping up the stairs, uh, but I also especially want to thank you and your team for all, all the money that you raised for the Make-A-Wish Foundation. Congratulations. Hi, Lou. This is Brian from Philadelphia. I called before, but got uh, cut off. Uh, anyway, uh, I'm not able to be in Walt Disney World right now, but I am at the World of Disney Store in uh, Manhattan. Uh, and boy, if you can't be at Disney, this is Disney World. This is uh, really nice. Uh, stocking up on pins, vinyl mason, all kinds of great uh, stuff. Um, they even have soundtracks from different uh, attractions in the park, like uh, the Nemo uh, musical and things like that. Uh, also, uh, at FAO Short, uh, for those uh, people that might be Muppet fans, uh, they have the Muppet Whatnot Factory, uh, where you can make and design your own uh, Muppet Whatnot. Uh, Whatnots are Muppets that uh, apparently appear in the background of uh, Muppet movies and Muppet television shows. So while you can't make an actual uh, famous Muppet, you can come up with your own design. It's a nice-sized Muppet. It comes with a single rod for the hand, and uh, it's really cool. So a lot of good uh, Disney stuff here in uh, Manhattan. Uh, and uh, that's it. Uh, keep up the uh, good work on the show, and uh, talk to you later. Bye-bye. Hey, Lou. This is Ron Grooms from Lebanon, Indiana. I was listening to your podcast, the most recent one, and one of the questions in the email was, where's a good place to propose? Uh, as it would be, I did propose my wife on June 11th at 11 a.m. Uh, in the Rose Garden, right outside of Cinderella's Castle. You have the Cinderella's Castle in the background. It's uh, usually very secluded and quiet down there. There's not a lot of people. But uh, what I did is I called Disney Forest and had them deliver to Cinderella's Castle a bouquet that was in the shape of a pillow. And on top of that pillow sat a glass flipper and a tiara. And then I put the ring and said the glass flipper and presented it to her and asked her to marry me that way. Um, she wore that tiara all day long. She got so much attention while we're in the park. So um, that is my story. Not quite as bad as yours. But uh, anyhow, I uh, encourage trying that out. Thanks. Lou, it's Melissa from the Cinnamons and Canes again. I'm sure you don't want to hear our step-by-step, day-by-day vacation. Uh, but we just got out of the Hall of Presidents. What a moving experience. Both my husband and I had a little tear in our eye. It was wonderful. So if anybody's going down, you have to make time for it because it really is wonderful, the new refurbishment, and it was great. And then we bumped into the parade. So it was two teary-eyed moments for me on our second, or actually our first full day here at the park. So uh, I'll leave you alone for a while, but be sure you'll be hearing from us again. (laughs) See ya. Keep moving forward.
Hey, Lou, how you doing? This is Mike Bizfanatic Damari from the great state of New Jersey. Um, been wanting to call in and then just to say a ton of things, but uh, I'll just leave it to a few things right now. I um, uh, just want to say thanks for the uh, the great show, uh, the, the latest one about uh, Captain EO. Um, you know, we always enjoyed that way back, and uh, it was great to hear a lot of uh, a lot of good information, a lot of little things I didn't know, and actually a lot of big things that I didn't know about it. Uh, but that was really great. Um, wanted to make a comment about the uh, the previous show, number 125, when you were talking about the uh, 10 or the 10,000 best places um, to get wet. And I uh, wanted to mention one of the little crazy places in uh, downtown Disney. When you first walk in in the area, um, I, I guess it's... Uh, if I remember correctly, but there's a uh, one of those little water fountains up over on the floor there that the, uh, the kids love, and of course, you know, we're always walking through there and, and telling them to stay away from it and, um, you know, don't get wet, and uh, of course, we really don't mean that, but we have to say that as parents anyway, and uh, they walk through and they get soaked, and uh, we usually end up running through behind them anyway and have a great time, but... Um, uh, one last thing, um, I think it would be a fantastic idea for uh, you to do a show um, about the water parks and uh, bring in some of the history of uh, river country. Um, unfortunately, I had never had the, uh, the privilege of going there uh, when I was a child or even as an adult. Uh, was, as an adult, we always said, oh, next time, next time, and uh, never happened, but have some friends that have some great memories as uh, uh, when they were children being there, and uh, so it would be great to hear some uh, some history. I know uh, one of the old History Channel or or one, one of the uh, TV shows had a, uh, a bit of history about um, uh, water parks, and they mentioned that that was the first um, water park uh, ever created, and uh, um, I think I believe that because, um, you know, Disney is always doing a lot of firsts, and um, I don't remember a whole lot of water parks. When I was uh, when I was small. So uh, anyway, just wanted to make some comments. Like I said, I could probably act for hours on here. And um, but uh, anyway, have a great time and uh, look forward to seeing you at one of your meetings. Take care. Bye bye.